Guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast and welcome back to another guest speaking, international guest speaking podcast. Oh my God, this one right here. Oh my God, I love her so much. You know what? I brought her on another one of my podcasts and it's called Motivational Mentors. And I loved it because she was like, she was speaking very fast. And you know, because I've been living in Thailand for such a long time, it's very hard for me to pick up everything. So then I have to focus just on content words rather than the, uh, the function words. So <laughs> for that podcast, I was like, okay, Arsenia, you can catch on, you can catch on. But without further ado, <laughs> Canadian born Simona podcaster, how you doing this morning? I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm smiling ear to ear right now. You're so funny. I love that. <laughs> I love that intro. That was awesome. And it's true. I do talk really fast. And I think it's probably because I'm French. So <laughs> I the language, you know, <laughs> right, right. And then going from there, I guess it's, you, you know, you can give your introduction in terms of being French too. I think that's just so fascinating about uh, parts of Canada. Oh, it's amazing. It's a, uh, I mean, Canada is a really diverse country and it's definitely getting more and more diverse as the years go on. Uh, French is like a national one of the, well, it is one of the two national languages of the country. So, um, to have people speak French is, uh, it's not abnormal, but you don't see it as much anymore. But before we get into all of that, uh, my name's Simona for everyone who's listening. And, um, I, Right. I love to write. I work in communications, but I also love to call myself a life influencer. And um, I have a podcast as well. We can talk about that later on. Um, but yeah, I love to talk. I love to call myself a, a life influencer. And, you know, I don't know, Arsenio, I feel like it's different than a coach. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right, right. Okay. You know, that's really funny because we're going to focus on that. Being out here in Singapore, I realized that I used a lot of Instagram stories and some of the hashtags I used, they hit big time. So like with the viewership yeah. and whatnot, it just went up significantly. Uh, but at the same time, some of these people who consider themselves influencers, you know what I mean? They end up posting pictures of them being in LA, but using a Singaporean hashtag. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh my God. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. It's air. crazy. It's actually crazy. It's a crazy kind of like world. And I, I mean, it's interesting because I call myself a life influencer, but I definitely don't feel like I can relate to the types of influencers that most people would know or think of it as influencers. Um, because what I'm trying to influence is completely different than, you know, trying to get free stuff around the world or, you know what I mean? Like not to sort of single out a type of influencer because all that's really, really amazing. But really my goal in life is just to help people like live their most purposeful life. And I think at the core of it all, I just want to, you know, do good for other people and help people see a different way of living or uh, different kind of thoughts, perspectives. And, you know, I mean, it's really, that's really just it and, and living life more authentically. So I think through that, it kind of attracts people who are like similar minded and who just want to have a, a more purposeful life in general. So yeah. Here we go. Okay, so we can start here because this is more intriguing. I like this. This is really, really good because <laughs> when it comes to living the purposeful life, um, you, it's good because I want you to now take us on a journey in terms of you finding your purpose because I remember you talking on motivational mentors that you know you ended up detaching from, you know, toxicity, then you ended up going towards something else. So I want you to give everyone a nice little uh, brief story about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was 
I was thinking back and I always say about a year and a half ago, but it's almost getting closer to two years ago now. Um, I noticed that I was just always so unhappy and I felt like I was always living my life in a very automatic way. Like wake up, go to work, do what's expected of me, come home, do what's expected of me. Don't really do anything for myself and like that kind of thing. So it really made me live a life that had no purpose to it. And I was super unhappy. I was uh, really ungrateful about everything without even realizing it, which I think was the craziest part because I had no awareness at all. And Mm. every single day I would just be so annoyed by everything and so upset about everything and uh, annoyed about where I was in life and wanting to have more and do more and, and, and be more, but never could take a moment to appreciate where I was and all the things that I did have. So you know, on the topic of more, I really felt like I had so much more to offer to people. um, And I had so much more that I wanted to do. Um, But then I was stuck in this like mentality of, you know, I can only be good if I have a great job, or if I have like, you know, if I have like the best career, and I've made it the the furthest I could in, in, in my career and climbed the ladder. And, you know, that to me was the only way that you can make an impact on something. And I probably spent a solid like three or four years in this state without realizing it. And I've realized since then that a lot of it comes from expectations of other people on me for my life. And, um, you know, I was really happy to, to be around people and to be around friends. And I've always been a really social person. And so it, was shocking to people, I think, when I started this journey that I started because people never got to see those different parts of me because I didn't really let them. But on the inside, I was so judgmental and I was so negative. And it was like, I would look at something, I would be judging it. I'd be like, oh, like, why is this person wearing this clothing? It's like, it was like really, really like to the like nitty gritty of being judgmental about like the tiniest things and then about the biggest things as well. Um, so, I decided one day, I was like, I I can't live like this anymore. I was like, I'm so unhappy. And so I started seeing a therapist, like I I was telling you on the the Motivational Mentors podcast. And um, that was like the turning point for me because I discovered so many things about myself that I didn't even realize. And then I discovered, you know, meditation. And I started doing things for really for the first time for myself. And so I started doing, you know, retreats and connecting with people that I, that I didn't even ever imagine I would connect with. And it's funny because you can meet new people and people will come in and out of your life all the time, but until you're ready mentally to accept all the good that people can bring into your life, you, you don't really acknowledge it or absorb it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I feel like you need to be, you know, you need to be ready for people to, I don't know. You need to be ready mentally to accept good into your life. If you're in a really negative, dark place. So, you know, that was pretty, that was pretty much like the, the darkest, I think, time. And a lot of it it was just so negative. And I had so many stories around my life and myself and what I should be, how, how I should be, what I should be doing. And, um, a lot of stories around, you know, fear and being fearful of seeing people seeing me in, in the most authentic way. And, um, you know, doing all these things like seeing a therapist and, and meditation and going on my first retreat really changed everything for me because 
you know, you, you get to know yourself in a way that you never really would without doing all that hard work, you know? Right. And yeah. And then from there, I just, uh, I had this idea of wanting to share what I had learned and share good and, you know, help people and tell people that it can be okay. Even if you're in a dark place right now, that that's not the place that you need to stay. And I wanted a platform that I could do that on. So then I started a blog and that was kind of like my first step in and then was the podcast. And then it was more of my social media. I kind of built up the courage to go on to, you know, my Instagram stories and talk on there about things. And, you know, a lot of that part for me was um, releasing expectations around that because I used to be so judgmental of people who did that, like hop onto your, your Instagram story and talk about your life. And it's like, does anyone really care? But people do care and people like to hear what you have to say, especially if it's positive and kind, you know? Right. Absolutely. Just taking that first step and that's called confronting reality. And you did that by seeing exactly. a therapist, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, that's exactly it. Right. And that's, that's exactly what happened with one of my friends. She actually came to me during that crazy fiasco over there in Bangkok when the whole when the hotel caught a little bit fire and then oh she God. messaged me that late, that night. She's like, Oh my God, I just saw your post. How you doing? You know what? I need to talk to you. I'm like, Oh, okay. Talk. So Aww. she went through some hardships and whatnot. And we have for a very long time in terms of friendships, we fall in and out, but that's, that's the, that's, that's just how it is. You know, it's exactly. life, you know? And next thing you know, she ended up having some really, really bad thoughts because of course um, this all stemmed around a real bad relationship, a guy not giving a damn about her, a lot of cheating, all that craziness. And oh so gosh. I said, okay, I sent her about 10 to 15 minutes of Facebook voice messages. Okay, I said, <laughs> videos about the subconscious mind. Not only that, I hooked her up with one of the, uh, a sociologist, a coach, mentor, author, Isabel, uh, Isabel Hunt, who you should probably, re- I'll probably link you guys up so you can bring her onto your podcast because she's the most amazing person I've ever met in my life. And oh my God, that'd be lovely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm like, okay, you got to take the first step now. Next, you know, she disappeared. And when she disappears, it's because she accepted, hey, you know what? Okay, it's going to work for the 17th time in a row. I, I, I know he loves me. I know he, and this is what happens. This is what she does. She makes those decisions, but she's so scared to take that first step. So that's one thing that people have to do. Exactly. You always have to take that first step. And I think that first step is like the hardest one because it's, I think that's the scariest one because that's the one where you acknowledge that you're going to do something new. You're going to do something different. And it's kind of where you acknowledge that there's an issue to begin with, Mm. which not many people want to acknowledge, you know? Right. And the, the, and it's kind of like what Dr. Joe Dispenza said. He says that, you know, your body and your mind, okay. They're two different things. Your body goes on autopilot, but your mind is always saying, okay, Arsenio, you're eating healthy today, but you know you can't sustain this. You're going to go back to it tomorrow. So with her, her whatever you want to call it, her mind, her body, it has such a strong hold of her actions that I give her all the information and her mind automatically rejects it and say, no, 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 Lisa, you need to go back to that guy. He doesn't give a damn about you, but you believe me. I want the pain. I want that anger feeling so I can feel myself. And people become obsessed with sadness, people become obsessed with getting hurt and they don't even realize that. Pretty crazy, huh? 
It is really crazy. You actually just reminded me of something. Someone was telling me something once like the, I don't remember where I heard this from. Honestly, it could have been you. I don't even know. Um, And it's like, if you do something, okay, let's say if you're sick, for example, you're going to get more attention if you're sick. And the more sick you are, the more attention you're going to get. Or if you're sad, you're going to get attention. The more sad you are. You know what I mean? Like it's like the, it's the more negativity, almost not negativity, like the more, um, let's go with sadness or the, yeah, yeah, the more like negative energy or or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. uh, The more people feel for that. Do you know what I mean? I think because sadness and, and negativity and maybe just not feeling good enough are feelings that people can all relate to. But then when you talk about something like happiness, for example, people are like, Oh my God, like it's so overrated. What even is happiness? Like I, I can't have happiness every single day, but it's not always about that. It's not always about having happiness every day. I think it's about having balance and accepting that, you know, you can feel emotions of fear and sadness and depression and anxiety towards something on one hand. And then on the other hand, have joy, happiness, thankfulness, gratitude, like all those different emotions and have them and know that they can exist on both sides at the same time and that you can accept them both and you don't have to choose one. You know what I mean? So it almost gives you this feeling of, of peace because you accept the bad and you accept the good and you know that they can exist together. But a lot of the time it's really hard to even get to that part to begin with. Mm, that's right. Well, and the thing is, I mean, when it all when it when it comes down to it, the process is more important than anything else. So, and identifying triggers. So, getting used to okay, how do I feel right now? Okay, I feel a yeah. little bit sad. Why do I feel sad? Oh, okay, I've been watching these stupid videos on YouTube. Okay, well, stop watching them. Okay, get up, get out. You see what I exactly. mean? Identifying those triggers. So, how do people exactly. identify those triggers? That's a really good question. I think uh, it depends. I think that it has a lot to do with how strong you are mentally, I would say, because you can identify them and you can notice them. But, you know, maybe for someone like you or me who might see the cup more half full than other people would, um, it's easier for you to kind of get up and just close whatever you were doing and get back to something that's going to make you feel good. Some people aren't able to do that. You know what I mean? And I think that it comes down to being able to identify, you know, just like you just said, like that you're in a situation and you feel a certain way about it. And it's like, okay, exactly what you just said. Why do I feel like this right now? Uh, But what can I do to change it? And even if there's nothing that you can do um, immediately, it's kind of like, how can I change this story from this one to a different one? Like, how can I make it a little bit more positive and a little bit more um, loving towards yourself? If that makes any sense, but actually identifying it, I think that it comes with being able to be more self-aware and being aware of the things that make you feel sad because you could be a type of person that everything makes you sad. You know what I mean? And that's a very hard place to be in, but I would challenge on the other hand, if that's how you feel most of the time, there's so much help and resources available. You know what I mean? So I think it also comes back to having, you know, the strength to be able to say, you know what, I, I need help for X, Y, and Z. And maybe I should reach out to someone who, some like a professional who can help me kind of get over this hurdle. Absolutely. I think there's so many different, you know, factors. Mm, mm. Yeah. I mean, 
what is it? Like, it's kind of like if you come home to a dark place, what is that going to make you feel like? Yeah, okay. exactly. You're identifying those triggers. And then after that, you can say, okay, it's too dark here. What can I do to switch it up? What hobby can exactly. I pick up? How can I meet more people? And you know what? Some people, we hold on to people who we consider friends, but they're not even close. You know what I mean? And it's just it's about so building a, a, a supportive cast of people. So when you were in a very dark place and you were always being judgmental, how were you able to develop more of a sound circle and a more uh, a circle that was more supportive for you? That's a really, really great question. And I think that the biggest thing for me was that I had a very supportive circle, but I was choosing not to acknowledge that. And so for me, it was noticing that I needed to change. And for the longest time, Arsenio, I was looking to things and I was like, oh my God, like people talk about like purpose. And I'm like, where's mine? Like, <laughs> where, where can I find it? Like, how do I find it? So I think I started real, it's because I started realizing uh, that I wanted to feel differently. So I started scrambling to try and like catch on to all of these different things and, you know, find something that would make me feel better. And I would take my negative energy and I would cast it on all the people that were trying to be supportive of me. And it kind of stresses your relationships. And it wasn't until people started saying to me like, okay, you, nothing positive comes out of your mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that okay. For me, but you need, you need those people that bring you back to reality. And, you know, I'll be honest. One of those people for me was my fiance and he was like, okay, he's like, if this makes you so unhappy, like, okay, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Right. And so I think it's just having your support system be able to be honest and transparent with you instead of supporting your sadness, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And so, <laughs> right. So then what happened from there was once I started working on myself and started investing time into all the areas of my life that I felt like I needed to heal, then I was able to every single friendship I had and realize how supportive my, my network was. And I'm the type of person that has just a few very close friends. And honestly, like, I, I didn't, I never realized how there for me, they actually were until I could get out of my own head and step out and you know what I mean? Like step to the side and realize all of this. And then from there, I started meeting a lot of really like-minded people, like just in like, you know, your online social community. And there's a lot of people that I'm connected with on Instagram, for example, that if I post a new episode of my podcast or share a quote or, you know, post a story, they're the first people who are like, oh my God, yes, girl, like this is so good. You know what I mean? So I've never even met some of them, wow. but it's about being able to find uh, a network that is like-minded and have people in that network, network who are there for you and who want to see you win. That's the best, that's the best yes. part. And so if that's, if um, for everyone out there who's listening, I love this because we're tapping in. I have a very, 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 very international audience on this podcast. So oh, cool. these, things, these things that we're talking about, they are, they probably have never heard of. So this is why I love doing things and throwing like different curveballs at some of my audiences. Oh, wow. And so, I mean, my family 
they weren't supportive. So what happened? Well, I'm not telling you guys to dump your family, but I'm telling you to love them from afar, Lisa Nichols says. You know, um, I used to yeah. work with those, uh, those over 50 teachers, not that the age matters, but you know what? They would sit there in a circle and complain about all the bad things in Thailand, yet they have Thai wives and Thai children. Me, I'm over here being ostracized. I'm over here not getting jobs because the color of my skin. So I needed to, I needed to be around winners, not losers. And so that's a really big, you you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I mean, you, you, especially being in like a new country. I mean, I can only imagine how hard that actually must be because if you're in a place like I'm going to take Toronto, I'm Toronto, Canada. That's where I live. Even like you see people of all different types of backgrounds here. And you know, there's people who are tolerant and then there's people who are not, there's people who are super, you know, arms wide open, like welcome everybody, which is amazing. You know, there's people of all different walks of life. And so even if you don't fit in, in one particular like area, let's say like literally let's like streets, like streets apart, you can go somewhere else because it's so multicultural. You can go somewhere else and find that you fit right in. You know what I mean? Where it's very like where you are, that is so incredibly hard being somewhere. You need to be, you need to be so strong mentally to be able to, to survive feeling like that. Especially, I don't know about you, but like I come from a, I come from an Italian family. And so for me, uh, for me, family is, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, my, my parents are, my parents are born in Canada, so they're Canadian. So uh, my grandparents though are Italian and um, family is at the core of the culture. And I found a lot and something that was really hard for me and that I've only been able to do in the last little bit was to feel like I'm not disappointing them in my choices of my life. And I, when I felt like I did, so it took me a long time to kind of get to that point because I always felt like I needed to fit their expectation of what my life should be like. And it wasn't until, you know, I did a speaking event and my whole family came to support me, which was amazing because I never even thought that that would happen. And, um, I was able to share a part of my story that none of them ever knew. And they sat there and a hundred percent full support from my family. And so not everyone is like that. Like not everyone needs their family support, but I'm the type of person that what they think and how, you know, how they'll react to things means the world to me. So even if they didn't, you know, accept it or love it or, or whatever, I would still do it. But it makes it so much better having that support behind you. So that's incredibly hard though. Like, I mean, I would probably move back if I, if I would, yes. like if I were sitting where you were, yes. I literally be like, well, you know what? This is not the place for me. I got to go. Absolutely. No, but you get home. Absolutely. And well, and the thing is when you have no net, I love Eric Thomas. I don't know if you know Eric Thomas, but he's no, like, I don't. Oh my God, really? Okay. You could check his Instagram, man, this guy. <laughs> Oh, he's the best. So for all my audience out there, if you guys want like a hip hop type of preacher, motivational speaker, this guy, Eric Thomas is the goat, the greatest of all time. I love that. I heard that acronym once and I was like the goat. I'm like, like what? Like, like, like a pet. Like I was thinking of food, like curry goat. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and, that, and that's why I hurry up and say greatest of all time because like, how, I know people were like how the hell is he a goat 
<laughs> like, I don't understand. Oh, my but um, he said no net. And he says, you know, when times get tough, you know, it's always easy to go back and fall back on something. But when you have no net and your back is against the wall, like me, you know, in October 2014, when I was dealing with probably the height, that was at its height. Racism was at its height then. And wow. I, I was psychologically worn down. I was broken. And this is when the rebuilding period, uh, well, I would have to say when I started personal development early 2016, first week of 2016, that's when I started rebuilding myself. But when you don't have a backbone, when there is no family, when you have 10 US dollars in your account and you're wondering, okay, what can I do? How can I make more money? You're asking yourself the right questions rather than saying statements such as, I don't have any money. Man, you end up building that backbone. You know what I mean? I know so many African-Americans and African people who have quit in Thailand because, you know, managers will walk in and say, sorry, the parents don't want a black teacher. They want only white teachers. You know what I mean? And they quit. They quit. And I've been there. I've done that. There are plenty of students, plenty of companies, plenty of marketing execs of my previous jobs saying, oh, sorry, you know, it's very hard to market a black guy when we're trying to get companies. You know what I mean? When that, it's, it's, it's amazing. And you know what? Me being in Singapore right now, you don't see that at all, at all, at all. Why? Because, well, they have Malay, they have Indian, they have Chinese, they have this, they have that. I don't Everybody. know. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, they're at the top of the food chain when it comes to Asia. So they don't have a fixed mindset. And they're so culturally diverse. You know, there are people who speak Arabic, Mandarin, Cantonese, Bahasa, English, of course, is the native language, wow. the first language, official language. And so I look at it. And of course, you, you, the thing is, for everyone out there, they can't take these things personal. Simone, they can't say, oh, well, you're not accepting me because I'm black. No, they're not accepting themselves. This has nothing to do with you. It has to do with what they were taught over generations. Exactly, exactly. And that's just the thing. And it's like at some point that conversation starts to change, but it doesn't change overnight because I feel like race is, and you know, your background, ethnicity everywhere, like wherever you come from in the world, wherever you're going to go, that's new, it's going to be different. You know what I mean? And I think that's why we see so many, you know, challenges today. And I really start to, I I try very, very hard to stay out of like politics and that kind of thing. It's not my thing at all. Um, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm like not a fan at all. Absolutely. Um, but you know, <laughs> like it's how you build up tolerance though to other people is by expanding your perspective and, you know, meeting people. And this is kind of, this is my, this is my thing. This is just what I think. I think even if you think that you're not going to like someone because of the color of their skin, why don't you just try talking to them yes. and just, that's it. Just say hello. And ought literally your perspective will, will change within 24 seconds. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, we're all, we're all, it's humanity. Like we're all people. We all want to, we all want the same thing. We all want this. We all have the same needs. You know what I mean? We all want to feel the same way. We all want to feel loved and accepted for who we are. And I think people need to be nicer and people need to be more loving and just more tolerant in general. Mm. And that's it. And that's when you ended up starting your happiness podcast. Well, what made, that's exactly what made, it. Was that it, huh? That's exactly it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I have such a good time doing this podcast right now. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's just me for right now, but I'm hope I'm really hoping to bring on some guests soon Amen. and uh, doing some interviews. I'm just, you know, it's, it's, I'll be very honest. It's because I'm worried that, you know, if I promise guests that I won't have them and I know that I would, you know what I mean? But it's kind of like getting over that one hurdle. And sometimes it's just easier to produce content. If you, I mean, if it's just me talking 100%. for 15 minutes or so bite-sized pieces of things you can take and integrate into your life, you know, I know that's what my audience likes. And I know that that's what they want to hear is, is that bite-sized content. So, you know, it kind of changes the game a little bit, but I think in a good way. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't get into, you know, interviewing people and whatnot for a while either. You know, basically oh. my podcast started because I went through hell psychologically, you know? So I said, I started like looking into Napoleon Hill and then there was the Jack Canfield success principles and then the Lisa Nichols abundance. Now, then I started finding all these videos on YouTube. And then at the very, very beginning, I said, okay, who am I connected with? And I realized my tribe was trash. Like, like really? the people I would connect with on Twitter, they were a bunch of complaining British folks living in uh, Thailand talking about, oh, Thai people, Thai people, Thai people. And I'm like, dude, oh my God. you're Anglo. What are you talking about? Why are you complaining? And so I said, I'm going to dump this tribe. I'm going to dump everything around me. And I did. I did. I didn't do it in like one big go, but people saw myself distancing from them and their ridiculous ass conversations. So I started focusing everything that I learned from those books, I taught about and I lived it. And you know what? A lot of people, they don't live what they read in some of these personal development books. I am the book. <laughs> <laughs> Literally are. You're like, you know what? But, but what you yeah. just said, though, is like, you can only, you can't shift your mentality if everyone else around you is like an anchor. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, how would you ever be able to think positively when you have people complaining all around you? But like, just what you said right there, though, I mean, if her people who are from wherever in the world and you're living in Thailand, like you're able to, you are able to purchase a ticket to go to Thailand, to teach whatever you're teaching over there or to live there. The people who live there, like might not, some of them might not ever even be able to leave. Do you know what I mean? Like you have so much to be grateful for, to just even be able to get there. Absolutely. And that's gratitude. That's exactly it. Exactly it. And I think that's what, I don't know. I just think that people just need to practice it a little more. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's, I mean, like I told you right, be- right before we got on, I was talking about people just don't put things into perspective. They're just not there. Like for people here in Singapore, you know, they say, Oh, it's very restricted. You can't do this. You can't do that. I'm like, guys, do you understand? You don't have air pollution. You don't have, you don't have green rivers covered in sewage in the backside of your apartments. Okay. You don't have uh, 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 what is it? 1,000, no, I wouldn't say 1,000, probably like 200 deaths on the road every day in your country. Uh, oh you don't God. see motorcycles just colliding with each other and body parts, mangle. It's terrible. You know what I mean? So That's crazy. Life into perspective, man. Totally. And-, and to that point, you know, you kind of only know what you're being fed through whatever media channels you have in your country right like in canada they you don't cut you don't hear about that you know what i mean like people don't cover that on the news Mm -hmm. you know there's so much going on like internally like you know people your your news will talk about what's going on you know the big the big events like the things that impact globally but like 
it is a global issue, whether you realize it or not. Right. I don't know. Right. And it's all, and that's how, that's what creates your blueprint. And then that's what creates your alternate reality from the real reality, because you accept what the media gives you. So this is why they're so, this is why Asia is very difficult from them to like get out of that mess because they accept what the Western world says. So I I asked some of my students, I said, okay, so when was the last time you saw something positive uh, about someone of color on TV? The last time you saw something positive and there's nothing. I'm like, okay, so if you turn on the news today, did you see a black man or two of them in handcuffs talking about, oh, uh, drug lords or uh, uh, the Nigerian scammers caught this and that. They're like, yes, we see that every day. And I'm like, boom. So that creates your perception of reality because exactly. you continuously see the, the, the word black equated with failure. And so when you finally realize that and develop that self-awareness to say, okay, no, 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 no. I'm going to get my own beliefs about reality. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go meet some black folks. <laughs> you know yeah, what? Yeah, have a conversation. Like, oh man. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting though. These are, these are really good conversations and deep conversations that a lot of people need to ask about one another and talk about in general because it's just fascinating. It really is how human beings develop their perceptions of life. You know, it's not that... It's not the fact that it's wrong. Of course, a lot of it is like, oh, my God, you really believe that? Oh, I feel sorry for you. Okay, well, hey, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like sometimes you just got to, like, pick you. I don't know, you pick your battles. Like, I, I, you know, I've met people who are so politically charged, and I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm just going to agree to disagree. Like, I'm going to agree with you, and I'm not going to state my opinion because, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, you only absolutely. know what you know, right? Right. But, yeah. And the thing is, that circle of concern, too. Like there's nothing you can say or do that will change anything in the political realm. So forget exactly. it. Exactly. So forget why it. even forget it? That's it. And that's what I say now with everything I've dealt with. And it doesn't matter how much I say about this or, oh, Thailand, they should do that. No, 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 no. I don't give a damn. I, it is not my goal to change the perceptions of people who don't want their perceptions to be changed. Exactly. You can take your opinion and you guys could just go away, go through life with it. It doesn't really matter to me. It's not going to hurt me as long as you don't put your hands on me. <laughs> exactly. But you know what, though? You actually have a really unique position as like a, you know, a shaper of minds, if you will, like your teacher, right? Right? Exactly. Like, you know, you get, to, you get to teach people different things that they might not always know. Like, that's a big, really cool job to have because you physically get to like shape minds every single day. And teach people things that they don't know. Like, that's amazing. It's funny. Like, it's, it's funny how, um, you know, what do you, what do you teach? Uh, well, the thing is, I mean, do I've been doing that? this like six years. So what, like in English, but now I'm implementing a lot of, like, I'm doing accelerated training now. So I'm focusing on the core genius of what the individual really needs. So that's what I do for all my classes. Not just oh, like cool. the clients and stuff, but I do this for you know, the simple classes I have. I'm like, okay, guys, I used to be in your position. I used to be bored. Let's have some fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's have fun. That's so, awesome. Are you teaching English there? Yes, 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 Okay. Yes. That's really cool. Yeah. And the best part about it is because Thailand has so much, op- well, I'm not going to say Thailand, Bangkok has so much opportunity 
fact. Whereas if you are not just a teacher that just opens a book and says, number one, number two, like our teachers used to do to us, right, Simona? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> if you're not that and you become a trainer and you like everything I've done with personal development and I live by those laws, just like what happened in an interview last week, um, there was uh, – I went to an interview with this specific person and because I read Stephen Covey's Speed of Trust, I'm looking at the interaction. I'm like, oh my God, she's disengaged. Her mind's not even in the room anymore. These three, oh my God, she's giving them too much material. Why aren't you having a conversation right now? They don't care about the company. You've wasted 15 minutes. Listen, the clients have retracted now because of what you've done. And so oh, wow. me, I can now teach that to some of my, uh, my investment clients uh, at some of the other banks and say, guys, check this out. This is what happened. This is what happened. And they're going to say, oh my God, yeah. Oh, I could use that for my sales part because I teach salespeople at different companies. I do it oh, all, you so know. Cool. So it's exciting, Simona. It really is. <laughs> that's really, really, really cool. I mean, that's actually amazing. I didn't even know that that was something that you could do. That's so cool. Like not you, like, not you specifically, just like in general. Like I didn't even know that that was like a, a – opportunity like that's amazing right because you got a lot of people who just teach at international schools you know yeah exactly uh, exactly but the thing is it's just i'm sorry you're not going to tell me when to come to school you're not going to tell me when i could go on holiday i'm sorry i don't do that no more <laughs> i'm sorry you ain't gonna tell me nothing if i come into work and say guys i'm going to bali for five days you're gonna say see you next tuesday that's all i want to hear <laughs> See you next week. I love it. Oh my God. So, I love so, it. So, yeah. Anyways, okay. So, Simona, real briefly, with French, yeah. and then you can top it off with um, your podcast so everyone can find you out there. Then you can provide For me. For sure. But um, with French, do you learn French in school? I did. So um, I mentioned to you that my like background is Italian. So my dad is Italian. My mom is French and we live in Ontario, Canada, Toronto. And um, it's not a, a fr overly French place to begin with. So in Canada, you have provinces uh, in the States, you have States, but in Canada, you have provinces. And um, one of the provinces is Quebec. Quebec is a, a French province and lots and lots of French. There are lots of history. It's uh, incredible. It's a super fun place too. If you ever get the chance to go to Montreal, highly recommend. Okay. Um, anyways, so yes, yeah, so my mom is French and so I have two siblings and when we were born, uh, she wanted us to speak French. So wow. we went to a completely French school where you actually got in trouble for speaking English <laughs> because they want to preserve the language, right? Because it's not, um, it's not a language that people speak. Mm. All, like anymore really like you know it's it's a great asset to have you know getting a job in Canada it's very very helpful um but not a uh, a language that everyone speaks and not one that I think people truly appreciate so yeah so she put us in French school I did French um like eight hours a day pretty much every single day from kindergarten all the way all the way to grade 12 and um, went to university for one year in French as well after that. And then I switched into an English program. And uh, yeah, but I do use French in my, in my job uh, here and there. Not every day, but uh, definitely a few times, you know, I'd say like a few times a month. And if I'm traveling for like trade shows or something like that. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you know what? I've learned so much about like different, uh, there are like maybe 15 countries in Africa that uh, oh, wow. French is their main 
of course, their main language, just like Spanish, Portuguese, Arabic, you name it, you know? It's funny that you say that because a lot of, um, so because French, the French language here where I live isn't as common, we have a lot of French schools. And so we're actually seeing a lot of uh, teachers coming over from Africa and teaching in the French, in the French schools, uh, the French language, because we need people who speak French. Wow. That's so cool, man. So wait, is it different? Is it really different? Like is your dialect and everything very different from of course, native France? Oh, completely different. Um, so, yeah, um, France French is so beautiful. I, I find it so sophisticated. It's so beautiful. Um, I actually went over to France once and I spoke in French, and I, I don't think they liked my French very much, so they answered, they answered me back in English. But it was okay. I was like, that's fine. Like, I get it. I was kind of expecting it. it you know, it's kind of to be expected, if you will. Um, and so I live in a different province. I don't live in Quebec. I live in Ontario. And even the French from Quebec to Ontario is different. It's a different dialect. Like when I go to Quebec, they know that I'm not from there because my French is different. And then you have on the East Coast, a completely different dialect. It's like um, French and English kind of combined into one. Like you can't even understand. It's unless you're like born there or familiar with it. It's incredibly hard to understand. Like. One of the examples is I have a, I have a friend who's from um, out East and she is, um, she speaks her dialect and it, I don't know if anyone would even understand this, but they have an expression like, I, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember it. I, I can't remember it. Oh my God. It's so good though. But it's like, it's like about like a, the way that you are something like that. And it's like, I'm going to say it for you. You're not going to understand it. It's, super, super fast, like 10 times faster than this, but it's j'aime la way that you hang. Like it's like French and English all together. Like it's, it's crazy. And it's like mashed up like that all the time. And it's like so, so, so fast. It's like that times 50. It's crazy. Wow. So, okay. Say that quickly then. J'aime la way que hang. <laughs> that does sound, that sounds a little bit different because it's of course, so one of my clients in Bangkok, he's from France, but he's like, you, you know, I can't really, yeah. I can't speak like, French. The words, like, so like, like, I'll take Parisian French, for example, like they'll have specific words of like a shirt, like they, they'll say a shirt differently. And like the, the shirt that they're referring to could be like a sweatshirt in, in Canada. Do you know what I mean? So like a dress shirt, I, I'm giving you the wrong example here, but you know, <laughs> One, one item, the way that you say one item in, in France, you say that same item in Canada and it means something completely different. Ah. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. It, it, this is, this is why, oh my God, we could go on and on and on, but that is just oh, so totally fascinating. Could. Oh man. I'll probably have to do like a, I'll probably have to do some kind of, um, be live TV thing about like the different dialects and accents. I have to bring like three people on. I got one person from France and I got one, you know, someone from Canada who speaks French. Okay guys, let's fight. (laughs) I know, right? That actually would be a really, really cool episode. Yeah. I'm going to have to get that together. I have to find someone from France. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I got a lot of people who listen to me from, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but quite a few. And so they're probably listening and saying, yes, yes, that is very, very true. You know, so, it is. Know. and if anyone wants to talk dialect. <laughs> right, right, right. 
I love oh, it. Oh, man. So, Sabota, man, thank you so much for uh, coming on. So, for everyone who is interested in what you do and whatnot, um, what is it? Well, you know, what blah, 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 What social media platforms can they find you on? Listen to your podcast, and I'll make sure I provide everything in the links for everyone. For sure. So I use Instagram as my main platform and my handle is at Simona.Nicole. I use my middle name because my last name is extremely hard to like pronounce and remember and write. So it just keeps it simple, you know? And, um, yeah, so Instagram would be like the main one. And my podcast is called happiness happens. It's on iTunes and Spotify, and I'm working on getting it on a couple other platforms as taking a little bit longer than I would love for it to, but it'll get there eventually. And, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I also have a website and like slash blog. The website kind of houses all of my, uh, all of my social media and my podcast and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it's simonanicole.com. It's super easy. Yeah. Awesome. Guys, man, I hope you enjoyed this one. Man, we, listen, Simona and I, we could have went on and on and on, but you know what? I'm going to make this even more fascinating. Well, I'm pretty sure I know someone who speaks French. Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to think about it because I want to get like different dialects on board and then we could discuss those. That would be so cool. That would be super, <laughs> super amazing. It's going to be, that would be crazy. How many yeah. different dialects? That would be crazy. Absolutely. I'm going to see what I can do. I'm going to put that together in the near future. And guys, with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in. So, Mona, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Super, super fun. Thank you. (laughs) You're very, very welcome. And guys, with that being said, stay tuned for more. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like it, share it, comment it, review it. Do as you wish. (laughs) You know, I'll be back with more, man. I'm your host, the sexy one, the chocolate one, the only one, Arsenio. Over and out.